Hey, welcome everybody. It is seven o'clock Wednesday night. That means it's time for Sci-Fi Distilled. And welcome back, Mary Beth, as always. Hi, guys. So we are continuing with Robot Month. This is going to be the last episode where we actually talk about a show or movie. And then next week, Dave Lafredo is going to come on and we're going to talk about robots through the years the decade greater spectrum greater spectrum of robots and we might even talk about androids and droids it's going to go all over the place it will be all i'm sure it will so because this week we decided to do a little different um we're doing a doctor who episode um which was john baker's very first series full series and it was called robot um and uh but before we get into that i'm sure mary beth has news I do have news. Hi, Martin. How are you? Hi, Sue. Hello, everybody. Hi. I'm always bad about the hello. That's okay. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. All right. News for tonight, March 22 to 7.02. Uh, because we're doing Doctor Who tonight, I have a lot of news. And my first piece of news is Doctor Who news. The ever popular, never ending Doctor Who series is celebrating six decades on the air with a range of fresh offerings and they just we just got the announcement of the who universe the universe i can never say that right the Hooniverse's latest development uh the series seems to be taking a cue from the mcu as it branches out into a multi-platform story the story doomsday will take place over books comics audio and more uh, Doc- Doomsday will kick off on Doctor Who digital channels later in 2023 and then be followed by products from Doctor Who magazine, Titan Comics, Penguin Random House, Eastside Games, Big Finish, and BBC Audio, each telling a section of Doom's story. I got to admit, I'm not always patient enough to like go hunt down where the next section is. Yeah, that's going to be that, that. That's interesting of whether that, how that's going to work out for them. And it's also important to know now, Doctor Who this fall will be moving. I think everything's going to be on Disney. Is that what I, I think I heard? Or one of those. You know, I, don't, I, I believe a lot of it's going to be online. Must know. But I, I think, think it, it will Disney. also still be on BBC America. I've heard that, yeah, you can get BritBox. Or um, Brickbox, yes. Brickbox, which is the BBC box. streaming service. Of course, they're all there. Um, but I think, I thought I saw, I, mean, I don't know if it's just the newer stuff or if it's all these old ones, the originals. Um, of course, this being Tom Baker, which is 19, this particular episode was 1974. Four to five. Um, which is really, and um, keep in mind that he did Sinbad the year prior in 73. So I always got that. I always, as a kid, I always thought it was the other way around, but. I'm like, hey, that's the guy from Doctor Who. No, it's the other way around. That's the other way around. The All right, more cool. news, more news. Let's keep going. All right, the sorry. Uh, it, uh, 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 Disco is now officially canceled. We will see season five, but that will be it. But uh, on the other hand, Strange New Worlds will start filming uh, season three coming up here real soon. They haven't uh, announced when that when season two will air. I'm- and they have not actually, yes, that's true. They've not announced when season two will air. I think I suspect sometime in they, July, but I, I thought they're waiting this summer. so long. Yeah. Well, I think they're waiting for Picard to kind of wrap it up and see how people are feeling wow. there and then go from there. They, there's other stuff coming down the line too. So uh Deadpool, Deadpool 3 teaser. There's a new one out. Expect to see a whole bunch more until its release on November 8, 2024. Uh Wolverine. So this is another multiverse movie which seems to be the, the big thing. Everyone's doing multiverse now. But you will see Wolverine in several of his carna- incarnations, including we're probably going to see him in his classic yellow spandex. The cast does include Tom Hiddleston as Loki and Owen Wilson as Mobius. I I love Deadpool, so I think this is going to be fun. Oh, Deadpool, yeah. You got to love Deadpool. Okay, we'll see. Uh, Broken Lizard and Super Trooper fans are looking forward to their new movie, which will be dropping on Hulu on 420. Yes, 420. <laughs> Quasi. The guys are putting their own spin on the hunchback of Notre Dame. Knowing them, it's probably going to be sort of Monty Python-esque feel to it and even more irreverent. Adrian Palicki joins the boys. We know her most recently from the Orville. The, the little synopsis is a hapless hunchback yearns for love, but finds himself in the middle of a murderous feud between the Pope and King of France, where each orders the hunchback to kill the others. All the guys have multiple roles, uh, which is not uncommon. You guys know these, you guys know this gang, Broken Lizard, best from Super Troopers. 
our beloved our beloved super troopers but super they troopers. do they do and i don't know if they got i know there's three seasons of it i don't know if they got a fourth but tacoma fd it was on obscure it wasn't was it was it was one of the it I was forgot funny. what network it was on, but it was it, it was really yeah, it was funny. It, was it, was, it wasn't all the guys. It was no, it wasn't. Like, it was Kevin Heffernan and um, yeah, Eric. Yeah, it was at least two or three of them, and they yeah, pull in occasionally. And then the others would sort of show up and have like cameos. yeah, they'd have cameos. That was actually a pretty funny show. Um, yeah, that so was good. I recommend. Super Troopers are good. Butter trying to do a lot. Super Troopers. Um, then other movies of theirs like Club Dread and Beer Fest were just, eh, you know. Can't, they, all well, can't be winners. they all can't be winners. Pistol this movie, Kevin, Kevin Heffernan, who's Farva, Kevin Heffernan is directing this. Usually it's Jay Chandra, Chandra Sekar who, who directs, but this time it's Kevin. So well, we'll see if he has a different spin on things. I'll Moving, watch it. I'll watch it. I'll watch anything those guys do. <laughs> Butter dart, you'll log. All right. You'll we'll log. Still waiting. Uh, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Shiner, known as the Daniels, are heading to a galaxy far, far away. Coming off their huge night at the Academy Awards last Sunday, uh, everything, everywhere, all at once, swept up and took everything. Those two filmmakers will be working on an upcoming Disney Plus Star Wars series, Skeleton Crew. This is the Star Wars series that is their answer to Prodigy. Because it's, you know, it stars Jude Law and it revolves around a group of kids lost in the galaxy trying to find their way home. Uh, it is not clear. The production actually wrapped a couple of months ago. Um, so exactly how much involvement is these it live action have, or animated? Not clear. Huh? Live action? No, animated. It's animated. Okay. I believe this is animated. Maybe it is live action. You know, I don't know, actually, now that you mention it. I don't it's know. It's a valid question. It's a valid question. Plot details are under wraps. We know it's New Republic set kind of era. It stars Jude Law. I said that already. We know that John Favreau and Dave Filoni are producing, but eh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think it's the prodigy answer. Um, do we care about Indigo Children? We probably don't. A new comic called Indigo Children hits the shelves this spring. It's described as X-Files meets the Umbrella Academy. Eh, I'll move on past that. Uh, do we care about Blink of an Eye? Not really. Let's move on. And finally kids from real life and i know rizzo hates when i do real life news <laughs> I, don't star- hate it. I just don't know how it like, why are you telling us this <laughs> star trek fans everywhere are disappointed to learn that vulcan is not a real planet let me explain we're late you see that that that's valid sci-fi distilled because it's linked yeah you're right it is linked yeah so in 2018 the dharma planet survey thought they'd found this planet in the triple star system 40 Eridani. And they named this thing 40 Eridani B. It's about 16 light years away. And they did all the calculations and they thought it was all great. And they thought it was a rocky planet several times the size of Earth, which would exactly be what Vulcan's. And here's the thing, is that's where Vulcan's located in Trek, which I didn't know that. I didn't know we had actually like placed planets in Star Trek, but I guess we have. Nerds. Nerds. Unfortunately, since then, recently, better data and better calculations have revealed uh, that, uh, no, there is no planet. (laughs) There's no planet. There's no Vulcan. Uh, The better data and the better calculations are revealing other planets elsewhere, but no Vulcan. So the search for Spock's homeworld will go on. Or maybe it was there and Eric Bana came along and blew it up. I don't know. Maybe blew it up. They blew it up. Damn you. Uh, guys, in the in the chat, I will drop two links. I will drop a link to a trailer for the um, Broken Lizard quasi hunchback movie, and I will drop a link to this article because it kind of goes into a lot of detail about the calculations and how they figure out that there there is a planet, there isn't a planet. We see the star, we see the system. What's there? What's not there? If you're into that kind of stuff, you can check it all out. Rizzo, what are we drinking tonight? What are we drinking as we tonight? Talk about Dr. Well, Drew. in honor of. Tom Baker, Doctor Who, it's the Jelly Baby. You know that was his favorite candy to, to always produce. And this one's this one's a pretty, pretty elaborate drink. Um, it's all layered, basically it's vodka, blue carousel, Malibu, peach schnapps, pineapple juice, uh, and grenadine. And you kind of just layer that in there. There's kind of some instructions I put in there. This is probably one of the more complicated drinks we've reposted, but I bet you it's tasty. And of course, if you, gar- and if you yeah. garnish it with jelly babies, even better. But I, I don't think you can I get jelly babies. Sweet. I, 
I don't. Yeah, it's probably very sweet. I don't think you can get jelly babies. Well, at least they're not easily found in the United States. That's yeah, we will have the to British thing. We'd have to use gummy bears. We we'll have to use gummies or something. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't have true jelly gummy babies. bears, not gummies. You gummy know bears. Mean. Yeah. You know what I mean. Here comes the Universe Today astrology article about Vulcan. Here we go. So. All right, so Rizzo, early earlier I said to you, why? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Why have you chosen this? First of all, who doesn't love Tom Baker as Doctor Who? But anyway, and if you don't, you can just go now. Anyway, no. But I think one of the things I liked about, first of all, I think this was one of the first, well, I shouldn't say that. It's not one of the first Doctor Who. I think I came into Doctor Who when PBS used to run it. At least my local PBS station used to run it like 11 o'clock at night every day. Yes. That's they used to run it the half hour, just the 25 minute, 22 minute, whatever it was, serial uh, episode. And I think I started somewhere with um, the Key to Time series. But yeah. eventually they, they looped back around to this one. Um, but the reason I picked this one out of like a lot of options that we could have done, and there was just a lot of options for for robot movies and, and stuff is I felt that the robot in this particular episode was very stereotypical of what a lot of people used to think robots were or would look like uh, a very mechanical anthropomorphic type, but stumbly kind of clunky, you know, no real, you know, just the lights kind of as for a yes. face sort of thing and i just i just felt that as 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 for what we always kind of grew up early on um what we think a robot would be now what we know now really robots can take any form sure of course wally. they're built wally because you know, wally was built to be a very specific to do a very specific job collect trash which is what what most robots that we have today are do. they're yes. all built to do a roomba is yes. a robot and it just it's designed to clean your floor but you know? as you mentioned this this quasi humanoid form i mean it's got torso yeah, arms and legs and a head right yeah that was the going form yeah i mean it was it was the going form for a robot for a long time and in fact it's was the form of like in metropolis maria was the maria what was her name in the movie 1927 metropolis that robot was humanoid c-3po was humanoid um, something like remember the Jetsons? Remember Rosie? The Rosie. Maid from the Jetsons, yeah. kind of humanoid-ish. She was, she was a little. Yeah, the Jetsons. The Jetsons robots would always be like a body with like a, on like a single wheel. But they would still put face <laughs> yeah, on like a wheel, but they still kind of get a face on it. Yeah, you know? they would. They would. They would definitely give it some. But even some if you look at kind of like Lost in Space, that robot still it had it had a head and it had arms. Danger Will Robinson. Right, arms. and he kind of would walk kinda everywhere, had even though leg. he had treads. He would everyone's. Sorta, and it could move the it could move his his legs even though he had treads independently. The B nine, yeah, you know I'm saying like he could slide them back and forth, sort of thing. So, yes. uh, which of course we know if you ever catch any of the behind the scenes or even some of the episodes where they shot poorly, you could see the guy's legs yes. sticking out of the rubber part where he would walk. So that, well, that you know exactly, yes. <laughs> but what I can't I can't help but wonder is like, did they keep? Did the writers? Like truly think, okay, yeah, they're going to be humanoid form, or did they go to that for ease of filming so that a human could? Well, operate? they had to build it right because they, they didn't have any. First of all, they didn't have any CGI. No, and true. they didn't have they didn't have uh, any kind of enough mechanical advancement to actually make a mechanical prop, so to speak. That would an true. animatronic thing. So they had to have somebody inside the thing. Even C three PO in seventy in you know in seventy six yeah, filming. Yeah had was a guy was in and even r2d2 i think there was a guy shoved inside that thing yes, kenny baker <laughs> kenny baker was in there yeah, so i mean you know that that had so they had to build um they had to build the things to be able to accommodate some kind of even tweaky poor that's poor, true you know, even tweaky was tweaky which was which was our good friend there um i don't know why i'm, I'm drawing Deep a blank Roy, right no, no, no. Uh, he came up to top. Oh, Felix, 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 Felix Silla. I mean, Felix he, Silla. you know, and and he used to tell some. I tell you, Felix was because there. Felix was awesome. Yeah, because in the second season of Buck Rogers, I know we're getting off topic, but welcome to Sci-Fi. It's so robot. It's it's still robot related. So go on. Yeah. So 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 Felix, he's like the second season of Buck Rogers. Remember, they're on the um the Explorer ship. I forgot what the hell it was called. 
Um, but anyway, uh, it wasn't Voyager. It was something like that. Pegasus or something. Somebody on, on this thing will pop up and say whatever it was. Anyway, there was the other robot, Crichton, which was mechanical. Yeah. Crichton was very almost, I kind of call him like. Oh, Daggett. Like, Daggett was remember? a robot. Yeah, Daggett was Daggett was a monkey. Daggett was a monkey, but <laughs> it was a robot dog. But anyway, the 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 Crichton, the searcher. Thank you. I knew. See, I knew somebody. Someone would know it. Thank you, Jeff. So so Crichton was a mechanical. Okay, but even Felix would say the damn thing would break down all the time, and he's like, and I'm stuck in this suit to be tweaky, and it's like I'm sweating. It's like a hundred <laughs> degrees in this thing, and he's like, they're wait, we're waiting to shoot because, but the guys are trying to fix Crichton to make him work. And he's like, hey, you know, you got to get me out of this thing because I'm going to pass out. <laughs> the, you know, they're they're more worried about the mechanical one than the guy that's actually the in the human who's sweating to death. So, yeah, if you never got to meet, it's unfortunate, you know, Felix has passed, but uh, he I was, was cool. fortunate to meet him two times. And and he really, he was such a sweet man. And he yeah. just talked to you about anything. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. Martin, human bit. operators and Daleks, that's true. And he, Ma yes. Martin, earlier you also said the robot in this episode was a very 1950s robot. I've got to agree with that. And when when Rizzo first proposed this, I was like, yeah, but why that particular robot? I said to him, they've done better robots earlier. Because in the 60s on Star Trek. Yeah, well, Robbie, Robbie was far better. And the B9 was better. Yeah, B9 was better. Or even Forbidden Robot, the... Uh, 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 Robbie, yeah, Robbie. Yeah, it wasn't about it wasn't about who did it best. It wasn't, um, yeah, yeah. It just it was like, what's the quintessential and, when you were a little kid? Like, if Iron Giant, this was kind of like an Iron Giant kind of robot. Yeah, and yeah. we're gonna get the. I was gonna mention. By the way, Daleks are not robots. Those are just a, it's no. Just, it's just a vehicle for. It the, is just a vehicle because technically, inside like their little brains or little. Yeah, it's just what's left octopi things of the people that Martin, you're our resident Doctor Who expert. What what's inside the Daleks? It's a, it's just a, it's, they were, well, if you ever watched the Genesis of the Daleks, which is a, a Tom Baker a series, um, they're the planet that they're on. I can't think of the name of the planet, but the, they basically had a big war and they, and, and there was a scientist that created them, Davros, who created, who basically, we, we see he Davros. like forced evolution into this and genetically engineered yes. the people into these little blobs of, with like one eye. Yes. We see them <laughs> later. We see them on. David Tennant, or maybe Matt. Scaros, we didn't see them you. again. Scaros. Scaros is a Scaros. And, you know, Doctor Who was kind of big on that because the Cybermen, or at least in later years, in the, in the David Tennant, Matt Smith yes. years, the Cybermen, Cybermen had people, people in them. See, that was a thing. I think, I think they took Cybermen people. I don't know, and maybe you guys that are bigger Doctor Who fans, the original Cybermen, I think, were all mechanical. There were, were they true? Were they true robots, guys? I think they were. They were Doctor true Who robots. Um, yeah, right, Bill. The, the Dalek was just a, basically a tank. It was just a. Yeah, it was, it was a, a tank. I think in, in Genesis of the Dalek, he actually calls it. Davros calls it like a. I forgot what he actually used, but he called it like a mobility system or something like that. It was. It was never, yeah. you know. And they carried that through to the current stuff. Anytime when they put <laughs> a blob in there. Um, but uh, I always thought Cybermen originally, and then, yeah, when we got to the, to the, to the newer, the reboot, so to speak of Dr. Who, they, I think they, they, that's when they started putting like, they were part human. They but were humans. Yeah, were, yeah. If I'm wrong on that, because I, all the, all the Cybermen stuff I remember from the seventies, excuse me, they were just robots. Yeah, they Martin's, can, Martin's confirming but they, but, you know what? but you know what? I'm wondering now. Um, memory the, you could kill them with gold gold dust would clog their ventilation system i don't remember it like yeah that was why they were there was a whole series of cybermen episodes with tom baker I don't where there was this asteroid or planet of gold and they the cybermen were trying to destroy it because it was like a source because you just crushed the gold and it would clog their something oh that's it. interesting i actually well, maybe, maybe there was a biologic in there at some point i don't know Interesting, interesting. Yeah, Martin seems to be confirming that the Mondo Cybermen were more machines than humans. They clearly were mostly machines, but I again, like, no. Anyway, but anyway, we digress. Um, we digress, but it's still on robots, so it's all good. It counts. Well, yeah, well, it like Doctor Who's done a lot with robots. And of course, there were the other episode I was considering, which I know a lot of you guys had had thrown out, which was um, 
the one, the androids of uh, robots of death, I think it's called. Yeah, they, that's what I thought. They were more android like, even though they were, they were, yeah. well, they were more anthropomorphic. They had, more yes, human they, had faces they, they were still faces. robots, though. They yeah. were still robots. But they were the ones that was that a good episode, right? too. And that, and that one, I, I, I kind of, but I felt this one fit. I don't know, because I always think when, like you say, from the 50s and whatever, we always used to be. We see with a robot, you know, even the wind-up toys they used to have as kids, they yep. kind of look like this one, sort of, you know, that yep. funky, mechanical. Yep. Um, and we were just talking before we came on, you know, what is it about these Doctor Who episodes that we love so much? The, the effects are so bad. This even for, even for 1974, they're this pretty bad. This particular robot was not <laughs> built. Like, you could tell the actor inside yeah. this thing was just like, oh, I mean, he's holding the disintegrator ray it thing. And it's like, like it's like hanging down. down. Like, yeah, it's like, uh, he's shooting. Like, and they do the effects. Guys couldn't now. figure out a way to make him hold that thing straight. <laughs> it was long, like a long. Yeah, it was like really bad chroma key. Because I think oh. they used to shoot a lot of this on video rather than film. I could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I don't know. Just looking I at some know. of it after the fact, it has a very video, a uh, lot of lens flare stuff from the old tube cameras. That's why I think uh, it was shot. I know. Well, basically, and I think to this day they still do it, but they look better. It was all soap operas were all video. Yeah. So this was kind of like a very similar way. They used to do it was yeah. almost like a soap opera in Britain. So, yeah, typical BBC, correct? Yeah, Martin. No I question about it. Why because do we, we love we it? We saw it in other stuff they did, too. They just. We love it. But something about it, because you, because you, like we were saying, look at look at what Jerry Anderson was doing at the same time with you know, UFO. It, kind of, it with, reminds me with of something. UFO and Space 1999, and their effects were way better. That's true. <laughs> you know what it is about this is it reminds me of something out of of all things five twenty five seventy seven. There's a scene in that where the old guy, what was his name? I forget. He's saying, you know, when I was a little kid, we used to go to the serials and we could see this old, you know, they were making the movies and you could see the strings holding up the right. ships and you could see the cardboard the set was made of. But, oh, look at the fun we were having. That line hit me when we covered that yeah. movie. That line yeah. hit me so hard. And this is what it's like. Like, we see Doctor Who is not perfect. Like, it has trouble. Yeah, there's but, something oh, about always particularly. I think particularly about it. We just, yeah, it's about Tom. He, Tom, Baker the story, well, so let's be honest. Weird. The stories are actually pretty good. They were, they're kind of good. Like, for me, I was a really little kid. So, do you, I was, yeah. as you and, said before we went on, that episode with the hand, that scared yeah. the snot out of me when I was yeah. a little kid. That was genuinely the hand scary. of evil or something like that. No, I think it was called the episode. I have no idea. Hand of evil. And the other one yeah. where he was like, they're in a, a lighthouse and there was a maybe a monster or a squid or something. Oh, else. yeah, that was the He's uh, like, I locked the monster out. I locked it in with us. Dun, dun, dun. And I just, oh my God, yeah. that was so terrifying to me when I was a kid. There's just something. Yeah, that was uh, uh, something. Yeah, the something rock. I can't remember the name of that. And, but yeah, all those were great. And, but they really did a decent job. Um, but they would, they had some, they, they put some money into some of the costumes. I think they well, did a pretty good yes, job. Awesome. They got better. Yeah, they got better. Um, you know, there was one on the By the time we went to the towns of Wu-Tang and stuff like that, like later yeah. on, it got better. In fact, yeah, they, they definitely improved over time, no question about and it. And the writing, the writing improved. And like Tom, Tom's delivery, like the way Tom played well, the Doctor I think Who. Tom is what put... Tom put Doctor, Doctor Who, on the, Who on the map. I think particularly... Like, I, didn't, I didn't know who Pertwee was. You think I knew any of those? Yeah, I didn't see any of those until much no later. Because basically, again, with PBS... With like TV for me, it went, back. it went Tom and then Blondie. What's Blondie's name there? And then literally oh, yeah. right up to Chris Eccleston. Like that was my. <laughs> like that no, was my well, no, there was there was uh, Davidson, yeah, Pete Davidson. It, yeah, and then there was there was another one. Um, was another Davidson right after him, right? Yeah, there's two of them. The other the other guy that looks like a the other guy. And then I watched up through there, but then it, like it looped back to Pertwee. I like Pertwee though. I mean, I thought he was he was good, but he was very different. And what I was saying, the other thing I was saying earlier before we came on was Baker was kind of the one that really perfected the quirky, yes, rambly, you know, genius kind of thing. Watch me think out loud, loud. but yeah. also with the goofy jokes. Yes. He would always kind of be sarcastic in why. And that kind of became the template for the doctor because right. I know David sort of did it that way. Matt Smith kind of did it that way. Jody kind of did it that way. That like I'm thinking out loud. I'm jumping from one non non sequitur to another, but it's gonna make sense. Just watch. 
that. And that's like also the writers. Of course, that's also the writers. But once Tom started doing that, that was it. That's well, the he, And in this particular episode, he set the Chris Academy. We, we said this was his first episode where he, he, did, he, was, he was the full, you know, he because of the previous one, it was the transition between Pertwee yes. and him. So the, the thing when he when he's like he's coming in and out of the TARDIS with the different outfits, there's that scene yes. at the beginning. Like, it's really hysterical because he comes out. Like, what are people doing? He comes out in this like Harlequin outfit, and then he's like, "Do that too." No, what? Matt, they all kind of do it a little. They change clothes a little bit. They all do it a little bit. They change the clothes yeah. too. Um, yeah, Matt, Matt, Matt is one that put Fezes on the on the. Uh, on the yeah, map. Matt, Fezes are cool. Jeff cool. Baker Baker was born to play. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah. So, to yeah, this absolutely. day, he will. He is our doc. He was my first doctor. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, it was mine too. Um, so that's what got me drawn into it initially, um, which was a cool thing at the time. Uh, what people might like Channel Thirteen out of, out of New York would do is they'd run they'd run the Doctor Who episode, and then they would run an episode of Hitchhiker's Guide. Oh, did they really? Our Doctor Who was lumped in with like um, uh, what's that? Oh, Benny Hill. Benny Hill. Oh, and, and I wasn't allowed to watch Benny Hill because uh, I was a little kid, right? We only and we got in the United States Benny Hill. We got the watered down version. I guess we did. Uh, I don't know. Either way, I still wasn't allowed to watch. I was really little. Yeah, yeah if you look at if you go, yeah, but if you go back and find the original ones, they're oh yeah, 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 because yeah, because Europe doesn't care. Europe's like no, no, they're much more a little open minded than we are in the states. Yeah, they would never run the like stuff like if you guys have ever watched Are You Being Served? They had so many jokes in there that just I met the guy that was the tailor, the 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 guy that was basically the gay guy, the gay guy. I met him. He was he was a hoot. They came because again, I worked for PBS for that's right about five years, and I and we used to bring these people over to pledge drive, and some of them were great. And those shows were actually very funny. Yeah, they were. Um, I just know, enjoy um, those. Iron Being Served. What was the one with Hyacinth Bucket? Hyacinth Bouquet. I can't think of her name. Hyacinth Bucket. Um, Bucket. It's some of those are hysterical. No, this is not the Chinese takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> so All right, back to the robot. We digress. But yeah, so again, that's why this robot. So this particular story is really almost like a King Kong side of story. I mean, it was yes, it is. a bit after King Kong, and it particularly does. towards the end when he grows giant. And he he becomes, grows, yes, and he has a kind of thing for Sarah, sort of the he's way. kind of got a thing Kong, for Sarah. Um, and again, this is another, we all love Sarah. Like Kate Ray. I mean, yeah, probably one of my favorite companions of all Elizabeth. time. Who ended up getting her own show for a while. There was like for two pretty, seasons and then of they brought her She got to run around with David for just a and bit. And she did get yeah. right. And that's that 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 spun off to the Sarah Jane Chronicles. Yeah. She had her like two seasons of that. She was so, lovely. I don't I, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Sarah was always the one that I think was one of the ones that we always at least I had a soft spot for or something. Maybe because she was the first one that I was, you know, again, because Tom was the but uh, yeah, something about Sarah we love. Yeah, her. something about Sarah. <laughs> this particular, this robot. Oh, Doctor Who experts, I have a question for you. This particular robot was designed by series regular costume designer James Atchison, and uh, well, they kind of sculpted it out by Alistair Botel sculpted it, but the James Atchison built it. It's the K one robot, and I cannot help but wonder: Did I was there something in there? Was there a K two, three, four, all the way up to K nine? Who we know and love, we love K nine. Was that an ongoing? Well, I know. I think, well, K9 was just a play on. K9 work. was the doctor. We, I'm not uh, the doctor. I know, but he was a dog. So that's why he was K9. Yes, I get that. But I'm wondering, <laughs> but this was K1. Like, was there a two and a three and I missed I, it? You know, maybe maybe the hardcore Doctor Who folks know that. I don't. Does anybody think, know? I think it's just coincidence. It's just like, a coinky K1 and K9. Just why the Because K9? remember, it wasn't brought, remember, because the, the doctor did not build K9. He picked that up from a yes. He picked it up elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I just wondered if I, I couldn't help but wonder was there others and I missed them because I didn't watch various doctors in between Tom Baker and David Tennant. I just really, kinda... you really just shut off. Don't. No, Bill says no, no K two K four. Not that we're aware of. No, that we're aware of. All right, all right. Just curious. Just no, wondering. I think it's just coincidence, and I think they just named it K nine because and they just because it was a dog. <laughs> Oh, do you have K9? Oh, brilliant. There's K9. And his little is the way his thing would go. Can you hear him? Mistress. Can you, affirmative boss? Yes, mistress. Affirmative mistress. I think the battery's right. going. It's not very loud. The I can hear it. The who played K1? Oh, Michael Kilgam. No, I'm lying to you. Michael Kilgariff. 
He also played some Cybermen and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, the funny thing about the outfit, you know, you're talking about the design of it. It looks like something a kid would make for a Halloween costume with the, yeah, exception, really of, with the exception of the head. The rest of it was like boxes of like tinfoil wrapped around. <laughs> they just but not even because he struggled. Like you, when you, yeah, you could tell the actor was having a tough time in that. He had to bust through a door, and that just did not happen. Yeah, it was it was kind of cringeworthy. A lot of it to watch, uh, some of it, but I don't know what it is. At the time watching it, I was probably I was definitely in high school. I think by the time I watched it, yeah. yeah. So I, you know, but I still loved it. I did too. You know, um, and, and and the other thing that is important to remember, I was I was going some of the there was the Kong, the King Kong thing that they clearly uh were working with, but they also pulled a lot from Asimov's iRobot. Yeah, yes, the they rules, did. Don't hurt the humans. Yes, you know, so that's what which I is again the HAL 9000. Remember the whole you know, I was told they, not, but I was forced to do something, and it, yes. which made it go crazy. Yes, um, you know, this programming and this programming contradict each other, gambit. That has been done gazillions of times. Star Trek alone did it. I can think of four times that they did it. And then a bunch of other times where they kind of quasi did it, sort of did it. In fact, I can tell you which four times if you care. And if you don't care, I won't. But they did it in return of the Archons. He Landry, they can they they hit Landry with the contradiction that the purpose well, those is are logic make, problems. But yeah, the, it's logic. But that's what they were doing to this thing too. Well, yeah, so just, yeah, but I mean he also that he was having he was remember there was a he was struggling against his program and they said kill her and he was going no, I can't because I was I told cannot, I was still not that telling whole you, rule, yeah. Asimov's three rules, you know. So, the, the uh, yeah, the logic problems always seem to trip up these. Well, I'll 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 get to the specific logic. The changeling did it, that's nomad. The ultimate cuter computer, that's M5, and that was a moral code thing. But I mud, that was logic problem. That was a logic loop. Yeah, that was a logic loop. Yeah. There were other robot, other kind of computers and robots in TOS. What are little girls made of? The apple for the world is hollow, and I have touched the sky, that which survives. They're around. Star Trek loved its computers and its robots. Well, and they and and they did they made they spoof it on Lower Decks where they have a whole warehouse. Oh yeah, they're all evil, up. The warehouse of evil computers. They just stack another one in there. It's so funny. Oh, it's another like, bad. It's like they they realize okay, we went to that well way too many times. Um, yeah, it's an evil favorite. computer, an evil computer controlling a population. Gee, what a novel idea. Um, <laughs> So at least that's one thing I love about Lower Decks. At least they'll poke fun at themselves. At least they're willing to, yeah, to acknowledge their own shortcomings. <laughs> Probably the best. But we we have some things. We have some interesting concepts coming up in this show that we uh, might be the first time, maybe for some of the stuff. We hear the idea of voice control. Something is voice controlled. Um, and they have this idea of the prime directive, not our prime directive, but a prime directive. And they do try to get in a few uh, little jabs of social commentary in there, which is always, always appreciated. Oh, and of course they did uh, stick with the, the always, you must always do this. Red means evil. <laughs> and of course the robot did have like red something behind his, like up here on the forehead that was red. So, Yeah, but it didn't change color. No, it didn't. It was, it was always, always red. red. That's true. So it wasn't like it wasn't exactly. like an iRobot where you could tell the bad guy, the bad robots, the good robots. Yeah. If you guys want to see this and you happen to be in Britain, in, in England, please go to the Doctor Who experience. It is. I don't know where it is. I, I'll look it up and tell you where it is. But it's got a, a whole bunch of stuff and a whole bunch of exhibitions of props, costumes. And they have this particular robot. I don't know that he was used again for anything else. I think he this was a one and done. It one probably off. didn't survive. It looks a little bad. Like when you look at it, I see a picture of it on display. Eh, yeah, he I'm looks sure like it, was, I, it had to be made out of just like cardboard and stuff. I can't believe that. No, I think it's made out of metal. Is it really made out of metal? Yeah, it may well have, which is probably why the actor couldn't get out. Yeah, <laughs> like when it he was very, it was very clunky. I mean. Very clunky. Well, it was funny because he was supposed to be this super powerful, like he could blast through the door, right. you know, just, but he could barely walk. Yeah. 
but he yeah. could barely walk. He could barely walk. His steps were so little. Like, I think you know. the actor. I think those are like platformed shoes, and I think the actor struggled because the feet were really big. Yeah, and I think it was like work for the actor to pick. Oh, I'm sure. Feet. I'm just. I'm just saying the just. You know, the, the implication is that it's this powerful robot, and and yet he could barely walk. You know, it wasn't like, I mean, you look like you could just run like, okay, yeah, come on, come at me. You know, <laughs> you like walk away from, oh. But he had oh. that disintegrator gun, so I didn't, yeah. Well, once he got the disintegrator gun, then he had. He, but you know, you're right, because you have a great point, because there was more than one time in the script where either the doctor or somebody was describing how powerful this thing was, and you, in, it, they, they described it quite frighteningly. You're like, oh, man, this is bad. But then when you see it, you're like, oh. Well, that also implied that it was very heavy because remember that's how he yeah, the dandelion, the dandelion, the dandelion dust, yeah. which, which which you know he said it was what do you say it was a quarter of a ton or something like yeah. that which really isn't that heavy. which isn't actually that heavy no it's Far not that heavy. Like um, that heavy you know that's what five hundred pounds right so, yeah I mean I, I don't, don't know think if that would pulverize if, a dandelion if, if, if imperial pound is different than the American yeah, good point pound good but point. so Martin are ton, imperial I tons different from American are the tons different. I think they are actually. I think maybe, yeah. T O N N E versus T O N. Oh, um. I was gonna say it made me think I lost my train of thought. Damn it! All right, you'll get it back. Uh, no, I'll get it back eventually. But um, what was I gonna say? Okay, so while you're thinking of that, I'm going to so talk about historical robots and stuff. Some of the earliest robots were in the 1800s, and one of the earliest robots was actually, of all things in a ballet called Coppelia, where a, an old professor, like in this show, builds a doll, and it comes to life, a little mechanical doll that comes to life. And I was thinking about dolls coming to life, and I was kind of wondering, like, AI is... Chucky. Chucky. <laughs> Pinocchio. Pinocchio. That's what I would say. AI is Pinocchio. AI is the yeah. retelling of Pinocchio. Yeah, basically. It's a... Is Pinocchio... Now, Pinocchio was wooden, but is Pinocchio, would a, a, a doll coming to life be the forerunner, be the precursor, be the, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, you could make the argument, but my thing, I know you're going, I think I know where you're going with it, but I think the, what, what I think is key is that it's not in Pinocchio's instance it, that there was a magical or supernatural it's magic, aspect. Yeah, it it's not. not there's no mechanicalness to it. He didn't yeah. build it to be alive. He just built it to be an inanimate object that came to life like frosty the snowman yeah I mean, is frosty the snowman considered a robot Good point. it's not a no. robot it's magic yeah it's magic, no, it's magic. Something AI, in, that, in that magic hat that day whatever in ai was, that the ai character the doll the the Haley Josman, it was a robot and the jude law character was a robot right and, and we see and we see too though that in this show that the robot is starting to develop it's kind of its own form of sentience because it has feelings for Sarah. Good point. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of developing on its own, which I'm sure they didn't initially build it. Program into it at all. Yeah. The thought that I, I did remember what I was going to say, the other aspect of this show, which was interesting for 1974, is the environment. Is the environmental and that the whole point of the professor who basically allowed this, this, other organizations, basically fascist organizations to take control of it was because he was mad that the people weren't taking care of the earth, that, you know, there yeah. were environmental issues that we need. And, and so that's interesting that all the way back in 74, people were already thinking in that, in those terms um, about mm -hmm. climate change and potentially just, of course they didn't call it that, you know, it was all just pollution. And yeah. So, more. yeah. So that's a great point. So this show hit on a couple social commentary and some environmental commentary. We've been warning ourselves about this stuff for how many years? And do we listen to ourselves? Apparently not. That's kind of sad. Yeah. Well, we haven't come very far. I guess not. <laughs> it's 1974. Uh, this robot. Almost, you know, this is what? This is almost 49 years ago. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, you look at it in that aspect, it, it was a long time ago. Yeah, this is not, not so, new stuff. Moving moving on from the 1800s robots, the next like kind of modern sort of robot. I'm gonna go with RUR Rossum's Universal Robots, and I think that is the base. That'll be the ancestor, right? To all these, like to Robbie and and this guy here and C3 and all these guys. They all kind of have that sort of. That's that's the. What am I trying to say? The baseline, the prototype, the prime, 
whatever I'm saying. <laughs> because then by the time you get in the 50s and 60s, my God, there's a million of the Zane Gort and the Astro Boy and the Daniel yeah. Hound and the Iron Giant and the Iron well, Man. Yeah, the 50s was the beginning of the Space Age. And you know, and, and and that's kind of even going all the way back to something as silly as Toy Story was the whole thing where the toys were everything was westerns, TV shows, yes. everything was westerns, and then the Russians put that damn satellite up there, and everything. And the space race was on, and everything became space oriented and science fiction. And then, we, of course, we got Forbidden Planet and all kinds of, uh, you know, yes, and, science and fiction movies that were either really bad. Yes. Most of them yes. are really bad. Or Philip K. Dick novels or, or right. Logan's Run, which had that uh, sea, I, you know, kelp oh, yeah. fish from the yeah, sea. Yeah, yeah. What was his name? Uh, I can't think of that character, that robot's I name. Yeah, name we should do Logan's Run. I, I we do should like do. But yeah, by, by the <laughs> 60s, Philip K. Dick had written Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. So, yep. yeah. And by the 70s, we had the step. I, again, paranoid a lot of people, we've talked about about Blade Runner, I don't see Blade Runner as robots or even androids because they were synthetic humans. See, I think a they robot. I think an android. I think an android. But they didn't have any a, mechanical component. They were alive. They didn't have bone and muscle, truly, though. I think they did. They were just made better. I thought they were like data. I don't know. I, I was, thought that they, who was they, that guy in Aliens? What was his name in Aliens? True, I guess they didn't really do blood, really, right? What they had like quite some, like, they were, I don't know. Well, he was an android. Yeah, he just, he that was like I, That's or how I imagined Pris and, and... Yeah, you might be uh, right. I really implied those that they were grown. But they did bleed. Didn't they bleed blood? I think so. Did they bleed red blood? Yeah. But it's Ash, all synthetic. Yeah, Ash was it's an blood. Like, Ash, the white stuff, the white stuff that was that was like some kind of fluid. That was Lance was Henriksen or whatever his name is. There. Yeah, but I mean that was a fluid. That that wasn't really blood. It was like hydraulic fluid. Yeah, it was like hydraulics. But see, that's kind of that's how I imagine data to be to have hydraulics. But even let's but let's go back to Blade Runner. Those kinds of androids that are indistinguishable from humans, they are still synthetic. Yeah, they're synthetic. They aren't decanted. They aren't. They're not like in the Matrix where there's babies being. See, that's what they're saying. Yeah. The whole point is they wanted to live longer than what it was the program six years. Yeah, or they only had like, four years, five years, six something years. like that. So they wanted. So clearly, they had the ability to, you know, to live. To like, actually, they Thank wanted lives. So um, yeah, and they wanted to live. Yeah, I'm not. Their desires, notwithstanding, what they were made of is still technically a synthetic thing. So I think that still falls man-made. They're man-made, right? Yeah. They're not. They're not making themselves. If they're making themselves, now they're a new species, which is what the measure of the man argued because data made law. Yeah. But data is clearly mechanical. But data is clearly mechanical. You he open up the, his he light. Has a, he has a he has a metal skeleton and wires and yeah, positronic brain. Which but is, I didn't get the impression that. The Blade Runner, the synth, fully the, functional, the, the, so there had to be hydraulics in there somewhere. I think they were actually alive. I think they they were living. They had to. I think they were alive. I don't know. I don't or know. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I could know. be wrong. I'm no expert. Although I know. Neither am I. <laughs> All right. While we're talking about uh, this particular episode, we were kind of start to talk about the castle, but there. Uh, this particular episode has no ropes. However, Doctor no Who. Well. Doctor Who and Star Trek has a million roads, and I'm gonna just mention a couple of the the bigger ones. Uh, David Ajala, who plays Cleveland Booker on Discovery, he played in Doctor Who: The Beast Below. Um, Daphne Ashbrook, Amy Benedict, Stephen Barkoff, Orla Brady, Laris, the Irish Romulan we didn't know we needed. Star Trek: Picard, she played Tasha Lem in Doctor Who: The Time of the Doctor. Uh, Jason. Brooks, don't care about him. Christina Chong, La'an Nuni and Singh, talking about data. His, no, no, he's not, that's not a, that's a, that's a con, a con uh, relative. Star Trek Strange the World, she played Lorna Bucket in A Good Man Goes to War. And if I remember correctly, she is the one who gave River Song her name. Noel Clark, that's Mickey Smith. Uh, he played in Star Trek Into Darkness. You guys kind of remember him. Alan Dale. John Delancey played in Torchwood. 
uh, Van Epperson, John Thayer, John Norton, Paul Hayes, da da da. Skip, skip, skip. Keep <laughs> on going. There's a million of them. There's so many. Well, basically, like, none from this era. Simon Pegg. Well, not really. No, not from this. Deep Roy. He was a. Oh yeah, Deep Roy. Deep Roy played Kingsner in in the JJ Treks. He played in the Talons of Wang Chang, which is a Tom Baker episode. Tom Baker episode. Yeah. Yep. Robin Sachs. You guys know Robin Sachs? He actually played the big bad in Galaxy Quest. He played General Valen in Voyager of the Void, and he played uh, some Professor Dude in Torchwood. Mark Shepard. You know Mark Shepard. You would know him if you saw him. Uh, he played two episodes of Voyager. He played in The Impossible Astronaut and Day of the Moon. Um, w. Morgan Shepard, completely different guy. Uh uh, Next Gen Schizoid Man, Star Trek Undiscovered Country, Voyager Bliss, and something else played on The Impossible Astronaut. Gary signed in. And, oh, Nana, Nana Visitor, Kira Neris, played in Torchwood, two episodes of Torchwood. David yeah, Warner. Yeah, she was in there. David Warner did Doctor Who. Well, we know what he did. He did uh, Final Frontier, Undiscovered Country, and Gull Madrid. There are four lights. Uh, he played in Doctor Who Cold War and Doctor Who Dreamland. And who else? Which award? Michelle Wong, David Yelts, Kevin Yu. A million people. There are many, many. Certainly any British actors would be crossover. Because I think I think Not really. like, what Star Trek is with a lot of actors, I think Doctor Who is with a lot of British actors. They just want to be in it. They just want to be in it because then they, they can do what be in an episode. Americans do. Yeah. They can yeah. do what the Yanks do. Go to all the conventions. I don't understand the thing of that. I think because Doctor Who is, is such a, a British institution, it's become it's so popular in britain um yeah it was so popular with with everyone again i think originally was designed as a, a, a kind of a kid show um that, again it became just part of the culture and they they all just want to be part of it there are more star wars star trek doctor who uh star wars doctor who crossovers but i'm just looking up i think there is a star wars star trek Doctor Who actor, but comic see. wasn't there a crossover comic of Doctor There's Who? There's probably a crossover Trek? comic. I think there was a comic of a Star Trek Doctor Who crossover. Yeah, Deep Roy. Deep Roy has done Trek Who and Star Wars. Simon Pegg has done Trek Who and Star Wars. What did Pegg do in Star Wars? Pegg was a voice. Oh. Okay. Of one of those many, he was probably in the in the sequels or the prequels. And oh no, Peg, uh, Star Wars. What was Peg in Star Wars? You guys, yeah, I think he was a voice to one of the creatures, or maybe he's been on Clone Wars or something like that. Oh yeah, he might have very well been in that. Because yeah. you forget, like, a, yeah, you think about like Clone Wars. That's like a million more voices. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, ah. oh, speaking of Clone Wars, those of you in the New England area, Rhode Island Comic Con will be having Ashley. What's her name? We'll be having the big three from the Clone Wars: Ahsoka. Um, Anakin and um, Obi-Wan. So they're voice actors. Ashley, what's his name? And the other guy and the other guy. <laughs> that Rhode Island Comic Con later this year. Always come to Sci-Fi Distilled for the most accurate information. <laughs> accurate and timely information. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Ankar Plett and Force Awakens. That's right. Jeff and Martin on the ball. Yeah, see, you should just ask them before the show. So. Yes, Martin, father and son shepherds. So, uh, yeah, so if you're into that, obviously head down to Long Island. No, Rhode is, Island. Rhode Island. Oh, Rhode Island. No, there's these. Oh, that's there's another one in Long Island, though, right? Yeah, there's one in Long Island. Yeah, there's the other Star Trek one in Long Island. There's another Star Trek, yeah. Yeah, that's why I'm confused. So, uh, yeah, there's some, some good stuff coming up if you're interested, if you can move around the area. You can move around. You got yeah. You got time, and you're not afraid of crowds. I'm rapidly becoming crowd phobic. <laughs> well, um, you could just go as cosplay and go like a character from I don't know Twelve Monkeys or something. <laughs> go as you're in the big, you're in the big big hazmat suit or something. <laughs> That's my cosplay. I'm in the hazmat suit. Uh, so, um, yeah. Uh, oh, that was something else. No, forget that. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, so yeah, I don't know what else to talk about on this on this particular well, episode. Other than I think I just wanted to. It, I felt it was kind of. 
I don't want to say it was a benchmark by any means because it wasn't. But it was. It was. It was Tom's first. It was Tom's first. Well, yeah, as far as robots go, I meant um, certainly oh. it was a benchmark. It's also the first time we see Harry, uh, the doctor there, uh, yes. the baby doctor, the doctor, doctor as a companion. Um, uh, but that's 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 minor. Um, but uh, yeah, so so as robots go, I thought this was a, he was a pretty cool robot overall, even though he was really kind of clunky. And you watch it now, and you're like, "Wow, this is bad." Well, as robots go, <laughs> our four movies that so to put them in evolutionary order, this guy would be first, and then would come Wally, and then would come Westworld robots, and then would probably come iRobot robots, right? Like to put it in evolutionary order. Yeah, I would almost I almost would say that the that the Westworld robots would be almost on par, if not above, because the Westworld robots really mimic human behavior more than, than the, the iRobot robots did. You know what I'm saying? That's they, they couldn't, you couldn't, a, you couldn't tell them point. from a human being without looking yeah, at Yeah, that's a great point, but they were very, very mechanical. They were much more right. mechanical, but so were the other ones were just a little more refined as far as the, um, of course, they had the fancier face, and I think, but even remember in iRobot, the only thing that made them evil was the AI. The robots themselves were just robots that could do and do basic and make basic decisions as far as within a parameter of doing something for you. Mop the floor. They could figure out how to mop the floor without you being programmed to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Specifically, yes. Um, but. Which I guess the, the 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 Westworld robots were the same way. They would just react to the guests in a very pre-programmed manner. Um, but as far as visually and like you said, they can't like they even the guests couldn't tell right away if that was if they're talking to a real person or the robot. Okay, so all right, so then you would put it this robot, the Doctor Who robot, then Wally, then iRobot. The iRobot robots. Well, I would just say they're kind of they're kind of hard to say which one's above like, the other one. Called it a differential engine. It still had to make decisions. It just it didn't clearly, look. Yeah, it clearly. I mean, the iRobot ones look more. Whereas the Westworld robots, did they have to make a lot of serious decisions, or did they just run on a pre, just play on a pre? They must have been. They must have had some. They kind have of to react to stimuli. They must have had some logarithm to make them make certain decisions on certain their own. decisions. Yeah, I mean they couldn't just be because if, he, if his program is always you get in a fight with a customer. What if the customer doesn't want to fight that day? You know, yeah. you know, it just yeah. Well, that was the realism, I guess. Even with the Yul Brenner character, when he kind of was, he was baiting him into a fight. Even when he tried to ignore him, he kept at it until either the you know I guess you could walk away certainly, but then next time he sees you, he's gonna continue with the uh, badgering until you either shoot him or. Whatever I guess I don't know you know that that, that is hard to compare those two because they're decades apart. True, um, and, but it, it, true. I mean the way the way just the perception of of robots and because the robots and iRobot were designed just as mechanical aids to humans to basically do all the stuff that we didn't want to do, whereas the robots in Westworld were only designed to be entertainment. True. They only their only purpose there was to entertain humans. That's true. So what would you, any other function? What would you prefer? Would you prefer a robot that? that I don't that want my robots to look like real people. Do you want like a replicant, or do you want it to look like no. iRobot so you know it's a robot? No, I don't want to know that it's a robot. So I'm thinking more of the iRobot robots, and I don't want them with the later ones with the the new ones with the faces. They're smooth. I like, like, I like the old ones that look like the mechanics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just me. I mean, just because I don't, I don't. Yeah, the only ones that look mechanical were like a step above. Do you remember uh, Macquarie's first design for three PO? Yeah, he looked much more they well. Again, like and it was, it was. I have a picture of it somewhere around here too. Um, and it was it, you. You saw a lot of Metropolis in that. Yes, you did. You did see a lot of. Metropolis. I mean, he clearly was. He was. He was channeling that when he drew it. Yeah, Bill is asking if we want the silence, the new, the, the right. And that, I was going to mention that because that's what eventually look what that's that's kind of what happened with with the new Battlestar, you know, the 2004 reboot is we yeah. had the more mechanical centurion, yeah, by your command, I, 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 cyclone, uh, Cylons, Cylons, 
And then eventually they evolved into the more human ones, which actually had some biological. Yeah, they were they were like replicants in yeah, many, many they ways. They were much more like replicants, but yes. I think they still had. I got the impression there were still some mechanical bits in them. I did get that impression too. Remember when, were... like the first episodes when she was like, yeah, she was having spine, sex with what's his name? Light her spine light up. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, we're like, oh, so that's how you tell them. Okay, great. Six. Or versus, or versus, like on uh, Orville, the Kalons, which were, are just straight up robots, right? Straight up robots, just giant walking computers. Well, apparently, his head can split open and it has. Limits. And then there's guns inside. Yeah. Cool. But, All right. So next week anyway. we will have Dave Afredo with yeah, us. Dave we're going Afredo to do will be here next week. How Hollywood does treats robots how Hollywood, and we're probably going to venture into other areas such as androids and droids and other yeah, it's going to be kind of a free-for-all i think we're going to stay away from cyborgs but it's going to be more of a free-for-all yeah, well cyborgs are were always started out as living beings and then had stuff yeah added cyborgs started as living beings and get augmented has, yeah right so they they're not they're not on the table um it but you know we might even get we might we know we never really talked about things like transformers or you know no, we didn't yeah yeah no or like uh that hugh jackman movie uh real steel those robots don't they're they're pro actually in real steel they're slaved to the person so the person's down going like this and this huge giant robots in the ring going like this so it no programming whatsoever just slave just a slave program and they just right it does whatever the person yeah. does Bro real steel is actually a cute movie you guys if you want to check it out it's fun I've never seen it yet. Yeah, uh, Martin saying robots in Westworld were on par with robots in Shore Leave. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great comparison. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I have my little antenna back here just in case, you know, it's fun with Shore Leave. Did I ever show you guys that thing? No. You Let me show it. It's right here. Hang on. I have to, I have wires that are strung around. Let's see if I can do this correctly without. So I've got the oh yeah the thing. It does work. Yeah. It actually. Let me see if I can turn it on. It's got motion control with the battery, stupid battery thing. Come on. That's cool. So I have it set up so that Did if I you get like if you get close it? if you get close to it, it starts moving on its own. Oh, that's cool. It's got a motion sensor. Yeah. So yeah, anyway. real, real steel is rock and sock and robots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. yeah. so what does Roy got coming up? Roy is doing so I get oh when I put Roy, here he is. Uh I guess he was supposed to do David Hirsch from Starlog magazine. Mm -hmm. Uh last week it got rescheduled to Sunday, March 26th at 7 p.m. They're gonna be talking quarter mass. Um, and that is I uh, you guys, is quarter mass also a robot thing? Just out of curiosity, I feel like it might be. I'm not sure what quarter mass is. And then Phil, this Thursday, Phil on WUSB Stony Brook, uh, he and I will be talking to um, Code Blue NY, which is George Berry and Nick Overend, Overview, Overkill. I can't remember Nick's name. And uh, th that'll be this, this Thursday. And then Friday night is the Friday night freeform. As usual, Rizzo, we already know what we're doing next week. Yep, we're like I said, Dave's coming on, and we're gonna do gonna robots, do. robots, and wrap up robots. Wrap up robots. And, and I don't know I'm what we're doing after. To... <laughs> As usual, oh, I don't know like X Files. You guys, there is a quarter mass. Hang on, let me look at this really quick. Cause I know I saw a quarter mass something when I was looking up robots. Hang on, hang on, hang on. List of robots quarter mass. And a, the crowd goes silent. <laughs> the quartermass of the, uh, where is it? Phil K. Dick. The city. The I mean, watch, tell you what, just watch Roy's show. Just watch Roy's show. There's quartermass is. We're not here to, to go over Roy's show. We don't care. I could have sworn I saw a quarter, something quartermass mentioned in my robot research. So sorry, guys. My memory is like a sieve these right. days. So again, we'll see you next week. We have some ideas for stuff coming up, um, but we'll we'll flesh it out hopefully. And I can't believe we're in April already. What it'll be April know. before you know it, and then let's get rid of the snow. Get it Unbelievable. So Unbelievable. anyway, I'm gonna go watch. Mando Me Warrior. too. I'm gonna watch Go Mando. 
watch some Mando. So, all right, guys, until next week, we'll see you. Good night. Live long and prosper. Mm -hmm. Take care. Be safe. All that stuff. Good night. Bye.